Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series check-in for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We are the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites, and you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. My name is Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue, and I am beyond excited because the Road Cubs just swept the Mets. Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I am sipping a caratini. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so I don't really know what we should do here because we started the last podcast so depressed. I admit I was pessimistic. I was like, they're facing Strowman and Thor and DeGrom, and it's going to be terrible. And part of me feels like maybe I should channel some inner depression now. Because clearly when we're depressed, <laughs> they do better. I mean. Am I just like out thinking myself here? <laughs> yeah, you totally are. For one, <laughs> listen, we did something incredible this series. It was totally, you know, you have, um, you use the phrase baseball is going to baseball or however you say it. Um. And I think that's what happened this series. I think, and like I mentioned in the last podcast, which I am going to toot my own horn here for a second. I said on paper, this looked ridiculous. This series was literally a buzzsaw that we were getting ready to walk into. And I went on to say, and I did have to re-listen to this because I kind of felt like I had predicted that we could win a couple of these games. And I basically (laughs) just said, anything can happen. Things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Anything can happen. So let it play out. So, you know, I'm proud of myself for not being as pessimistic as I probably could have been the last episode. And I am extremely excited that we were able to take this series because this, to me, shows that there is some life in this lineup still. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, I am happy to channel my inner pessimist if it means that the Cubs do stuff like this. (laughs) Um, this series was great. Uh, let's just jump right into it. It has been so crazy stat. It has been since April that the Cubs swept a three game series on the road. The last time they did that in 2019 was against the Marlins in the middle of April. Um, they did sweep a two game series on the road against the Mariners (laughs) the last day of April and the first day of May. It has been a hot minute since the road Cubs pulled something like this off. And I am, and you know, the Mets, like we talked about last time, have been a good team. They've been resurgent. They were in the hunt. And the Cubs just took care of business. And this is the team that I want to see all the way through September. So game one, can we talk about how ridiculous you Darvish is for a minute? Because I have two things on my mind that just are blowing my mind about you Darvish right now. Um, I am always up for talking about you, Darvish. Holy cow. Okay. So the first is that it came out during this game that you, Darvish, got two strikeouts on a knuckle curve, which is not a pitch he has really thrown before. And he apparently learned that pitch from Craig Kimbrell this week. And it was like, you, Darvish, went to Craig Kimbrell and was like, hey, show me that knuckle curve. And then just added it to his repertoire, used it in a game, and got two strikeouts. And I... <laughs> There is like some savant level genius going on here with you, Darvish, and pitches. I can't even wrap my head around learning a pitch a week ago and using it in a major league game immediately. That that means, by the way, that you, Darvish, has eight pitches now. Eight pitches, by my count, six of which are off speed. Like, I don't even – and that pitch is filthy. Did you look at the video from Pitching Ninja? 
Uh, I retweeted it, but I was going to say, it's funny that you said he has eight pitches because in my notes, I said that I wanted to mention when ESPN was putting up the chart of his pitches, it put up like it put up boxes and it could only fit six. And down at the bottom, it says, and he has two other pitches. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And Stroman, I think only has four that he really uses heavily. So there was only four boxes on the screen. Then they jumped over to you Darvish and they had all six. And at the bottom, it said, and he has two other pitches. I was just like, wow, 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 wow. They're basically going to need to start doing like Darvish one, Darvish two on those boxes. I mean, most pitchers only have four. Most starting pitchers have four pitches that they rely on. Uh, Bullpen guys have two or three if they're like super fancy. You Darvish is ridiculous. He's a ridiculous human being. And the fact that he can add a pitch in a week is insane. And the fact that he can use it to get strikeouts in a major league baseball game is equally insane. (laughs) I'm like, I'm here for it, but I'm also just... My mind is kind of blown by you. I'm telling you, he is such a professional. Like, not only to have the humbleness to go to another pitcher on the staff and, like, show some, you know, courage in the sense that, you know, Craig Kimbrell is one of the best in the business. And to go out there and, and have the cojones to think that he can not only, A, teach him the pitch, but, B, learn the pitch. Um, it just, to me, I mean, is, is mind blowing. It is the end of August. I mean, we literally have 30 games left and here he is learning new pitches and adding them to his repertoire and striking people out with them. I mean, this is, it's crazy to me and it just makes me all the more excited for September. It's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. September is going to be nuts. Okay. Second thing about you, Darvish. Um, So he went eight innings finally. He looked so good in the start. He went eight innings. He gave up five hits, one run. That run was earned. Uh, One walk. And it was the first walk that Yu Darvish has had in over five plus games. He went, okay, Yu Darvish faced 142 batters without giving up a walk. (laughs) I mean, and the ESPN guys were, were really getting on my last nerve because they kept talking about you know, every batter that was up and he'd go, I think there was maybe two batters before he actually walked somebody where he went three, three and oh, and, but came back on both of them. I think one, he induced a pop-up and the next one, I think he struck out. Um, but they were just, it was overkill. I'm like, guys, you are seriously, this is, you're jinxing him. This is really bad. (laughs) So then finally he walked a guy and, you know, of course they had to beat that horse for a while. So, Um, but it was just, I'm like, shut up for, for the love of everything. Holy, like you're, you're murdering the stat right now. Like he, it's such an amazing thing to celebrate, but I mean, have you ever heard to just maybe just keep it, you know, like kind of like a no hitter, just like, don't talk about it. I think, (laughs) I don't know. It's, it's, it's to me, it was, I kind of felt like it was maybe a little bit of pressure off of them because that is a really long time to go without walking somebody and you know that it's out there, you know, that, you know, you have that stat right now and everybody's kind of watching it. So get that walk off your chest, do what you got to do and move on. And he did. And you know me, I've called for him to go eight innings for a while now since he's been having these consistently good starts. So I was beside myself happy that he went eight. I was actually hoping he was going to go the full nine, but I mean, he looked amazing. I was just so thrilled with his performance. Yeah, totally. So I am still keeping track of the walks at home because I am totally that girl, always, never sorry about it. Um, he walked three, he has walked three batters since July 3rd. 
So through the month of July, through the month of August, you Darvish has pitched in like 13 games and walked three batters. Uh, that's insane. And I'm here for it. I mean, uh, if you can op- count how many, if you can count how many people he's walked on one hand <laughs> since July 3rd, then yes, please still c- keep track. <laughs> I love it. I love it so Seriously, much. Seriously, That's crazy. The offense in this game came in the form of Javier Baez and Addison Russell, who both hit dingers. Um, and thanks for the dingers guys. Uh, Brandon Kinsler finished this off. Uh, it was good stuff. Game one was good stuff. I mean, Javi Baez is heating he really, up. He's heating up. He was he was three for three on Tuesday. Well, and I'll just leave that there for now. Three for three on Tuesday. I mean, it, yeah, it's really nice to see him warming up because we have somebody like Jason Hayward who is struggling mightily. Went or oh for thirteen, I believe, this entire series. So it was good to see some other guys really. Um, pick up the the slack on offense and and Javi Baez definitely is you know he's starting to starting to get that fire behind his his feet so I'm loving it yeah I mean I so I think that um Javi is heating up he he has still had a couple of moments in the series that weren't great there were a couple of uh two plans for those of you who may not know that phrase at home it means thrown out on the base pass like a nincompoop um where he just ran himself into outs which was not great uh, but his bat has been kind of cold lately. And I feel like Javi, when he gets going, can really carry this entire team on his shoulders. So I was really excited to see him have a good series in New York. Uh, definitely. Once, once we get to game two, I have some, some input there on, on his issues on the base path. Well, let, well, let's do it. So game two was weirdness. I, so Thor has been really good this year and the Cubs just dismantled him systemically. Like starting in the first inning, it was crazy. I was hanging out with friend of the show, Ken Schultz, who writes for baseball prospectus amongst other places. And he, him and I were just like, kind of like, is this real life? What is going on right now? How is this happening? Um, I read on Amazing Avenue and we'll talk more about Amazing Avenue towards the end of the show. Cause we have something really cool that we're going to do with our sister pod, a pod of their own. Um, that was the worst start of Thor's career. He just got wrecked. Um, <laughs> you know, so the superhero fan in me was a little sad for him because it's hard to see someone that looks like him and resembles a superhero struggle because you're like, who's going to save us? You know, like <laughs> if 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 the the enemy comes, who's going to save us if Thor is struggling? So that part of me was a little sad for him, but oh my gosh, did that not feel good? Six runs in the top of the first. And I mean, I'm sure that you noticed because we look at things like this, but I could not help but count how many times he was looking in the dugout after he was just giving up hard hit after hard hit. I think the Cubs at that point had scored four runs and he looked into the dugout about eight times and won at bat. And it's like, is somebody going to come out and talk to me or something? <laughs> like, like, I probably need somebody to just, you know, give me a second, give me a breather here because he was just, I mean, left and right, just giving up hard hit after hard hit. And he just did not look comfortable out there. And I'll tell you what, the Cubs really took advantage of it. And it was, it was good to see, it was good to see them jump on him. And I loved that first inning. Yeah, that first inning was great. They kept the pressure on through, I mean, all of Thor's outing, which I think lasted only three innings. Um, But I'm not going to lie. I I got a little nervous in this game. 
the Mets were coming back. Kyle Hendricks kind of fell apart a little bit in the fifth inning, and it looked like he was throwing batting practice. I'm not entirely sure what happened, but that was really stressful. And I hope whatever, I feel like that had to be something mechanical, and I hope whatever it was (laughs) is fixed before Kyle Hendricks takes the mound again. Well, and I think, and I heard this today too, and I I meant to look up the numbers, but just going off of his last few starts, Kyle Hendricks is pretty close to parallel with the Cubs home and, and road record. So like on the road, Hendricks has been abysmal and at home he's been his normal self. So I don't know if, you know, what exactly is up with all that because he in, in seasons past and even at the beginning of the season was pretty, um, pretty solid. It didn't matter if it was home or away. So I don't know what's happening there, but hopefully that gets figured out. I, I think in the month of September, everybody knows, you know, we're nearing that finish line. So, um, you know, all these games, every single inning counts, you know, not that it didn't, a week ago or a month ago, whatever. But now it's like, you know, this is go time. And these guys, you know, one after the other are going to start really turning it on. And I think they're all going to feel the pressure of, I got to perform just like, you know, the guy before me and the guy after me. So hopefully Hendricks, you know, will put it all together. And I am fairly confident he will. He usually does. So. Yeah, totally. Um, So the Cubs got out of this, the Mets, kind of clawed their way back but didn't actually make it all the way there it was a 10 to 7 finish I was nervous through the very last pitch uh game three though I want to talk about John Lester for a minute I wrote something for bleed cubby blue on Thursday um about John Lester and his struggles recently he has not had a great August it's been a pretty terrible month for him his ERA is well over eight for the month um, granted his FIP and XFIP look better there in the high fours, but even if the, even if his ERA and FIP and XFIP were in the high fours, we, we would be worried about John Lester. He kind of gritted this one out and I loved him for it. He, uh, went six full innings, gave up five hits, one run. It was earned. Walked three guys, struck out four. It was not the prettiest thing in the world, but he got it done and getting it done, I think is really important. I think that John Lester has struggled without Wilson Contreras behind the plate. For those of you who don't know, Lester has always um, been really particular about who catches him. It's the reason that uh, David Ross was with the Cubs in 2015 and 2016. And Wilson Contreras has caught every single John Lester start in 2019, with the exception of these ones in August, since Wilson has been on the injured list. And Caratini caught two of those. Jonathan Lucroy has caught the last three. And I, I just think it's been rough for him to get used to new stuff. And I, I'm glad I was happy to see him have a great start. Great might yeah. be a strong word. Good start. Well, a, a, a start that got it done. Yeah, and compared to his last couple of starts, I would say this was definitely great. Um, yeah, I've, I've kind of noticed, you know, John Lester has always had an edge. He's always a little bit more of one of those players that is not, I don't want to say demonstrative because he's not quite there, but he's definitely, he has a scowl on his face. He's definitely very intimidating on the mound. And, you know, he's been in the business a long time. He's allowed to, to carry himself that way. But I've noticed the past couple starts that I see more of a, a ticked off John Lester. Like he does not look like, he looks pissed just to put it bluntly I mean and I just feel like you know he's not getting 
the strike zone that he typically does. And we can talk about that because I know you have input on that. Um, he's not getting the strike zone that he's typically used to getting. He's not getting the calls. And that could also go back to him not having his catcher that he's used to. He's, I just, it just, to me, it, he just looks very agitated. And, you know, you don't, you don't love to see that because, I mean, emotion is good, but you don't love to see that. I just feel like he's not, he's just constantly letting his emotions, I guess, probably get more of him than they probably should. And I'm not used to that with him because he's not somebody that really wears it, but you know, it, it's just a different look for him. And, and I'm, I can't wait for, for Contreras to come back and hopefully that solves everything. But it, again, it's just something I'm not used to seeing with John Lester and it's kind of hard to watch. And it makes me a little uneasy because we've had the conversation now about, you know, is he, are we worried about him? Is he close to being done? That sort of thing. And this is definitely that something that something that's changed with his demeanor and you wonder what direction it's, it's taking us in. I have a lot of faith in John Lester to have a big September and October. I just, he's been so good for so long and he's been so good in big spots that I think that can happen. And, and by the way, in case you missed it, he was on MLB central on Wednesday morning for like the first 40 minutes. It's incredible. He opens the show with them. He spends a bunch of time talking to Mark DeRosa and Sean Casey. I could not recommend this television more. It's so good. So if you happen to TiVo MLB Central like maybe I do, you should go back and watch it. But even if you don't, you should go try to find this. There's there's just some real gems there from Lester talking about some of his greatest performances, talking about how he pitches in the postseason, um, why he signed with the Cubs. It's great. I highly recommend it. Um, so John Lester got it done in this game. Victor Caratini had the baseball game of his life. He hit two home runs off of Jacob deGrom that maybe haven't landed yet. And he was the offense. Thank you, Victor Caratini. I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, Yeah, like I said, I'm sipping a Caratini and I will for <laughs> however long. this. He was 7 for 12 this series. So it wasn't like it was just this game. His last two games, he was, um, so tonight he was three for four. So the first two games of the series, he was two for four and two for four. So it wasn't exactly like he, you know, was quiet, but for some reason, I don't, he doesn't stand out to me as being two for four and two for four in those first two games, but his three for four tonight was loud and obnoxious and I'll take every second of it. <laughs> and just to relive the look on Jacob deGrom's face when he hit both of those home runs, uh, I would I would watch that at least for a solid week because that was phenomenal. I mean, just ridiculous. Both of those home runs landed in the second deck, and DeGrom himself said he has no idea how he kept that second one fair. So it just, to me, it was amazing. And I really hope this is the time of the season when we think back to what the turning point was. And if it's not the series, then maybe the, that last game against the Nationals. Um, but one of these games has got to be like the point when you start to, to realize that if one game is, if one guy is down, another guy is going to step up. So I know JD had a funny comment tonight that I heard and he said, Rizzo, you better get, you better get healthy or, or you're about to lose your job. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love this time of year and I, I love seeing guys like that step up and have huge games and you know, they deserve all the credit in the world. 
I don't know that Rizzo's going to lose his job, but I, I but I will be happy to see Caratini behind the plate and Rizzo out there, and we'll see what happens uh, when Wilson Contreras comes back. Wilson, by the way, is um, going to be back on the field tomorrow for the Iowa caucuses. So let me just aside here for a second. One of the I have a degree in political science, <laughs> in addition to my great love of baseball. And the Iowa Cubs are turning themselves into the Iowa caucuses tomorrow as like a shout out to the first in the nation caucus. If anybody is near the Des Moines area and has a way to get me a picture of Wilson Contreras in an Iowa caucuses jersey, I will love you forever. Um, Additionally, I am definitely in the market for some Iowa caucuses gear. So uh, let me know if you have a way to get Iowa caucuses gear. I am interested. <laughs> um, that would be phenomenal. And I'm, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I will, you will take many pictures of yourself in that shirt as well. Oh my God. Could you imagine? It would be so great. <laughs> it, like there's these shirts that have like the, you know, the, like, I'm just a bill on a Capitol Hill type of cartoon. It oh, looks yeah. like that, but it says vote for baseball. I'm like, I love this. This combines two of my favorite things. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yes. Uh, be, I would be remiss, by the way. Shout out to Friend of the Pod from uh, the Way Games podcast, Adam Mamawala, for representing the Cubs at City Field. And I told him that if the Cubs swept this series while he was there, we would give him a shout out on the show. And and there you go, Adam. Great, great work. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Adam. You're making me look bad. You go to three games and the Cubs sweep. I go to three games in St. Louis and the Cubs get swept. So apparently you're awesome and I'm not. <laughs> I don't know, Andy. It might just be a 2019 thing. I, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready for you to go back to Bush Stadium. I'm not going back to Bush Stadium until the Cubs have clinched. So that might not be until 2020, which is A-OK. Um, so speaking of the Cardinals state of the race, the Cubs find themselves headed back to Wrigley field, a game and a half behind the devil birds who are, they're ridiculous right now. I blame the fact that they've been playing teams that no longer care about winning, including apparently the brewers who are now five and a half games out of the division and just got wrecked at home by the Cardinals. Um, the Cubs find themselves in the second wildcard spot, two and a half games behind the nationals and two and a half games ahead of the Phillies. And the Brewers are headed to Wrigley Field. What are you thinking about the race? And then we'll talk about the Brewers on the other side of the break. Okay, hold on. Before we go into anything, I just have to bring to light the fact that the Brewers had a rain delay. Did you hear about that? Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, they have a roof. (laughs) I tweeted this because this is hilarious. So apparently they're trying a whole new game plan and messing with the Cardinals psyche left their roof open with one of the largest storms to hit Milwaukee this fall and then had a nine minute rain delay because it takes nine minutes to close their roof. (laughs) What a disaster. Oh my goodness. So anywho, so that's gotcha cards, right? Yeah. So Brewers people that complain about the Cubs calling a game before the storm came, all that good stuff. You guys complain about that. You're not allowed to complain about that anymore. (laughs) Y'all had a rain delay with a roof. That doesn't even make sense. Um, (laughs) Anywho. Yeah, they're they're ridiculous. (laughs) I, I just can't even with Milwaukee. I, I just I just like to have podcast notes of when the Brewers are ridiculous because it's always go, <laughs> fun to go back and listen. Okay, so my thoughts on the race. Yeah, the Cardinals are 
kind of silly right now. They won two of three in Milwaukee. The last game um, they did not win. They lost, um, which, of course, that's how it's going to go because we're now playing Milwaukee, and that was the game when they started heating up a little bit. So St. Louis is playing Cincinnati this weekend which by all accounts on paper should be a walk in the park for a hot St. Louis team. But as we know, Cincinnati, for some reason, thinks that they need to be good against teams like Chicago. So hopefully they decide they're good against teams like St. Louis this weekend. Um, this is, I mean, seriously, this is a hot mess. I, I, at this point in time, it's kind of like pin the tail on the donkey. Um I mean, I don't know if the, the Cubs have so many games against the Central and their last, I think, 14 games are against the Central. It, they hold their own destiny right now. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And yeah, they're a game and a half out, but they're the more talented team of, of the three. And I mean, I just had lunch with a Cardinals analyst today and he told me, you know, the Cubs are the more talented team. It's it's very obvious. This is not even, that's not even close. But it's what you do with that talent in the final weeks that matter, especially with a race this close. So, you know, it's up to them. It really is just up to them. And we just kind of have to buckle up and hope they figure that out soon. Like immediately, like hopefully you figured it out at City Field and it will continue tomorrow afternoon at Wrigley Field in Chicago. Um we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we're going to talk about the Brewer Series and then a special uh, collaboration we have for you all with our friends from A Pot of Their Own. But first, a quick break. All right. The Brewers are headed to Wrigley. Uh, I feel like the Brewers play the Cubs every game like it's the World Series. It's it's totally ridiculous. And they were certainly not helpful against the Cardinals. I mean, Andy, I feel like you nailed this early in the season when you said that the Brewers were using their bullpen like it was September and May and that that just couldn't last. And they they haven't been very good lately. Um, I would love to see the Cubs take at least two out of three here from the Brewers. And frankly, if I, I think they have the chance to sweep them. This Brewers team looks pretty bad to me right now. Yeah, you definitely want to kick these guys where they're down, and they are down right now. Um, and I did watch a few innings of each of the games against the Cardinals, and they just – they look defeated, with the exception of, like, Christian Yelich, of course. They look defeated. Like, even Lorenzo Cain, his body language, I mean, everything. You can just tell that they are just not – the overzealous, confident team that they were at the beginning of the season. And there are so many reasons for that. I mean, to not have done anything at the trade deadline really, I think, probably hurt them a lot. You know, it kind of showed them what their front office was thinking of them because obviously you, you, you have to do something to contend with not only what the Chicago Cubs did, but, you know, the Cardinals were heating up at the right time as well. So to not do anything spoke volumes, I think, about how they felt about themselves. The other thing that um, I am like still in awe and shock about, and it kind of um, doesn't, I don't want to say makes me happy, but it, it, it pleases me a little bit that I was right about this, is they are still using the crap out of their bullpen. And it is crazy to me. I don't know how Hater's arm is still attached, um, but I can promise you that 
if they do end up pulling something out and making it to the playoffs, he's not going to be the hater that we've seen uh, at the beginning of the season or even the middle of the season, even against the Cardinals, he was looking a little rough. So yeah, it'll be an interesting series. I am going out on a limb here and I would really love to just see a sweep and and just call it the Cubs sweep the Brewers yes the Cubs, absolutely fire sweep. <laughs> well we're at home so that's that's kind of <laughs> the, just got swept at home. that's true that's true but I know it's kind of like upside upside down land these days because I say we you know <laughs> we're at home but we just swept a, a road series and got swept at home I don't know totally. could these guys figure it out so we at least know what we're talking about because this is crazy Dear Cubs, um, Andy and I need you to go on like a 15 and two run <laughs> while the Cardinals go on a two and 15 run well, so that we still have hair in October. <laughs> so I have a really good stat there that I saw today and the, the win percentage is like, I want to say like 72%, but the Cubs have the best record in September and October since 2015. And it's like 72% win percentage over those two month time frame, which is crazy to me since 2015. That means obviously they do well in the later part of the season. But I mean, I really hope that translates to this year because I feel like this season has been all over the map with what we've done and, and what's happened, you know, like we were expected to do one thing and we did the other. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that translates to this season and we put together a great September and it would be awesome to start with the sweep of the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, I totally agree with that. One thing to keep in mind, even though the Brewers just struggled against the Cardinals, they have some hot bats right now. Uh, Mike Moustakis and Ryan Braun in particular are just hitting the heck out of the ball right now uh, for players over 30 plate appearances in the last two weeks. They're joined by Christian Yelich, Keston Hira, and Eric Thames, who all have at least 30 plate appearances and a WRC plus over 120. Uh, the Cubs don't have anything close to that, for the record. And part of that is is a little depressed by that national series. Um, but part of that is, you know, Rizzo's been out, Contreras has been out. Um, so the only two players the Cubs have with a WRC plus over 120 over that same time period are Rizzo and Cassianos. Here's hoping Rizzo comes back in the series. Uh, Victor Caratini and Schwarber are also moving on up there. They both have above average stats during the last two weeks. Um, are there any other bats you're looking for to make some moves during the series, Andy? Um, I will say I don't think based on the interviews that he's done this week and just from what I was hearing listening to the radio today, I don't think Rizzo will be back until the very earliest Saturday, possibly even Sunday. Um and especially, I think it's probably a situation where we want that to be the case. Yeah, I definitely want him back in the lineup. But at what cost? We really want him to take his time and make sure that he's all the way right because a back issue is nothing you want to mess with, especially in September. And when you got people like Caratini doing things like what he did this series, I mean, you might as well just write it out and let him get all the way right so that he can come back and at a hundred percent and not have to worry about that being a nagging injury. Um, definitely need Jason Hayward to get a hit. <laughs> he, he did not. not <laughs> I mean, listen, so I am here for Ben Zobris coming back and leading off. That would be fantastic because Jason Hayward needs to drop back down in the lineup and get his groove back. We know what he can do. We've seen it all season. This is, 
this is the exception this season and not the rule. The rule for Jason Hayward has been that he has been a really good offensive player. So you hate to see him go through um, slumps like this. And I don't even know if you can call this a slump. He had a bad series. I think that once Zobris comes back and that's another, that's a discussion for another podcast um, that he will be the lead off and Jason Hayward will find his spot back in the lineup where he is comfortable and where he'll get, going again offensively, but he is definitely somebody that needs to produce a little, even just a little. Um, and he's done well with that this season, but we need his bat. We need his bat to, to be out there. Cause that's something that we hadn't necessarily counted on previously. And now this season we've gotten comfortable with him doing that. So it would be really great to have that back. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If Rizzo, if it looks like Rizzo is out until Saturday or later, they should really just retroactively put him on the 10 day injured list and call somebody up because at this point they're playing with a short bench because Rizzo's on the bench, but he can't be used. And I would like to see another bat here or another, I mean, I don't know who you would call it. Maybe you get Zobra step early, right? Like the September roster expansion happens on September 1st, you might as well just get him up early. And I know that requires a 40 man movement that maybe they don't want to make just yet, but it seems like that needs to happen. You don't want to go into the series with the Brewers with a short bench. Well, in September call-ups, September 1st is Sunday. So we really don't have to worry that much. I don't think the problem with Zobris is he's apparently only playing on weekends like he's not like full boring it right now. So I don't know where that puts him in terms of being major league ready. I mean, apparently the Cubs are doing all kinds of crazy things they've never done with anybody on a rehab stint and they're sending pitchers to him to get at bats. And like, basically he's going, you know, back behind the diamond and getting at bats live at bats off of a pitcher that the Cubs are sending to him. Like, it's crazy. I've never heard anything like this. So I don't know what the situation is there. I don't know, you know, the, the assumption is that Zobrist is coming back, but at what, you know, at, at what level is he coming back if he's only playing on weekends? Like, I've just never heard of this. So yeah, we're going to have to, we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I didn't want to get too much into that because I know we have other, you know, important things to discuss before we, we close this out, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, so two things before we close out and send you off to lots of day baseball at Wrigley Field for Labor Day weekend against the Brewers. Um, The probable pitchers for this Cubs-Brewers matchup are Anderson versus Quintana, Davies versus Hamels, and Gio versus Darvish. I mean, by all rights, the Cubs should be able to just smash this. They just did way great against much better pitching, but sometimes I feel like the Cubs are better against better pitching and worse against worse pitching. So who knows? What do you think about these matchups, Andy? Well, the Cardinals handled Davies and Gio pretty well. I mean, they, they definitely teed off on both of those guys and, you know, we've seen Davies and Gio a few times this season. I feel like there was a couple times we might've made them look like Cy Young candidates, but I feel like we do that with just about everybody. (laughs) So yeah, I, I, they definitely have to have some a definite boost of confidence coming off the series and the pitching that they just saw in New York. So hopefully that will ride over into Wrigley and they can just go ahead and put Milwaukee out of their misery. I agree. And I would love to see Quintana and Darvish continue what they've been doing and Hamels channel a little bit of that September Wrigley Field magic. That would be good stuff. Um. 
So we will be watching this. One other thing before we sign off today, we have something kind of interesting and different for you all. As some of you know, I uh, got to be a guest on the show, A Pod of Their Own, which is a Mets podcast hosted by our amazing Avenue SB Nation Mets sister site. Um, they're awesome. And at the end of the podcast, they mentioned that they were going to do a fundraiser through the month of September, where basically people could pledge whatever amount they wanted to pledge per home run to donate to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And this was sort of a way for them to, you know, get into September to do some good and to combat domestic violence, which has been an issue for Major League Baseball that has been even more prominent over the last few years, as Cubs fans do not need me to remind them. And I thought this was great. I thought it was incredible. And we, we were talking about it offline and sort of came to the idea that it would be really cool if other fan bases had a way to participate in this as well. So what we have come up with is a hashtag dollars for dingers uh, campaign where Cubs fans can pledge their amount per Cubs home runs. And Mets can't, fans can pledge their amount per Mets home runs. And we're going to see which fan base can raise the most for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. We have a spreadsheet that's going to be up and live later today. I personally am donating $2.70 per home run to that the Cubs hit in September to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Um, I am really excited about this. I think this is a great way to do good. And I think this is something that will be uh, really fun for us to track and do some good during September. I also... Um, I'm really excited about the idea that, you know, 50 it's the 50th anniversary of that 1969 pennant race between the Cubs and the Mets, which is one of the most historic pennant races of all time. And this is a way for us to commemorate that with a slightly different competition, but one that will help a cause. I don't know. Andy, what do you think? So I kind of think I figured out why you did $2.70 per home run. And I would also like to go ahead and make the pledge of $2.70 per home run for the month of September. So um, I know we have a very smart um, group of listeners. I'm sure you guys will also figure out why I am saying we're going to do $2.70 per home run. So I challenge you guys to join us and also do at least $2.70 per home run. I think that is um, a very, very uh, great way to give back and really contribute to a great cause that needs more attention than what it's getting now. Yeah. And I just want to say props to Maggie, Allison, and Linda at a pot of their own for coming up with this. I think this is an incredible thing. Um, I love that they were going to do this with Mets fans. And when I mentioned that I thought this was incredible, they were like, well, Cubs fans can do it too. You can donate for Mets home runs. And I was like, well, what if we donate for Cubs home runs? And it just sort of turned into a race. And now I think we've got a little competition here that might get people inspired. So if you listen to the show, if you want to help us raise some money for the National Domestic Violence Hotline, and you're a Cubs fan, sign up for Team Cubs, put your pledge amount in the spreadsheet that will be live later today. I will be tweeting out from the Cup of Cubby Blue account. I'll be tweeting it out from my BCB underscore Sarah account. Andy will be t- tweeting it out from her Briz underscore Blue account. And get involved, share it with your friends, uh, get into a home run race in September with our friends from the Mets. Uh, that's all we have for today. We will be coming back to you on Sunday to look back at how this Brewer series wound up and to take a 
peek at the state of the NL Central race. And until then, everybody have a great weekend and go Cubs. Bye.